0: You are listening to Lead Pastor Curtis Jones at the Discover Church in Georgetown, Delaware. We're glad you've tuned in today and hope to see you at our next worship experience on Sundays at 10 a.m. I know in a few days, you are got to take the opportunity, if you haven't already started, maybe with family and friends to unwrap gifts have a great time and just probably have a good dinner or two or just to sit together and to, to, to just draw on everything that's happened in your lives over the past couple weeks or months or throughout the year. But this morning, can we make this morning about Jesus? Can we just make it about the fact that he came and he walked on this earth for each and every one of us? He was born of a virgin just so we could be called sons and daughters of God so that we could, in turn, have an inheritance through God, through through the family of God. And all of that started some 2,000 years ago. And that starts this whole trend of this whole season and everything we go through. But would you just take a second now, if you, if you feel comfortable, I just wanted to ask if you would just lift up your hands and just... Said Lord, we're, we're just going to make this all about you today We're just going to take the opportunity and the time right now And just say, you know what, it, it's not about gifts it, it's, it's not about all the craziness that happened this week for you and your family It's, it's not about all the hoopla that comes around it, It's not about movies and songs It's not not about any of these things But God, it, it is all it is all about you It is all about Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world Lord, we thank you. We, we call out to you today, Father God. We say, Lord, today you are the only one, Father God, that is worthy of praise and honor. You're the only reason, Father God, for some of us that we can get up in the morning and go through our day, Father God. Lord, we lay it all on you, Father God. Lord, we thank you for this time of worship today, Father God. And Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and our minds right now. To be ready to receive a word from you today, Father God, out of your scripture, Lord, out of the words that you've said, that you can speak to your people today. We just want to thank you. We give you the honor and the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen, amen. Would you turn to your neighbor before you're seated and say, it is so good to see you this morning. It's good to see you. Well, it is wonderful, so wonderful to see you here today. We're going to get ready to transition to our time of generosity. And as we do that, uh, we just love to take the opportunity to say, you know, you are so much a part of everything we do, whether... Whether through your giving, what your tithes and your offerings, as you give a little or a lot, we're just so excited. Because of you, we are able to do the ministry that we're able to do in our county, in in our state, in our hometown here as we're excited about that. The ushers are going to get ready to come through with buckets, but before they do, I just want to take a second and say thank you to all of those who have given to Discover Church in 2019. You've made a huge impact and a huge difference uh, in the lives of people, uh, whether it's been through uh, an adoption of families and food, whether it's been through uh, the ministry that's happened in D.C. Kids, which they're having a party back there. They're having uh, having a great time today, but you've made a difference and an impact, and we're so thankful for that. And today, don't forget that uh, if you're like me uh, I couldn't tell you where my checkbook was right now if you ask me okay I, I, it's just one of those ones I honestly I couldn't tell you when the last time I probably wrote a checkout uh, so thank thank the Lord Uh, that we are excited that we have online giving that is available as well and the great part about online giving is you don't have to worry about where your checkbook is anymore because it's all digital and uh, and so that's exciting so as that as the buckets are coming forth we just want to say thank you for giving uh, to Discover Church uh, this year and as we continue to exceed the exciting things that are happening in 2020 we know that God's gonna bless us Lord we pray that you bless this offering Father God that you will use it to your ministry your kingdom Father God and Lord we uh, we're so excited for what you've done and what you're going to continue to do through your people this morning. We thank you. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Right, amen. As the ushers are coming around, I just wanted to take a, a couple quick seconds uh, to invite you. If you don't know, uh, Discover Church is going to be hosting a uh, an exciting um, Christmas Eve service, and that obviously is Christmas Eve on the twenty fourth at five thirty. So make sure that you take the opportunity and come out, and you're a part of that. Uh, we have a special time of communion and uh, some other exciting things that we have built into that service. It's going to be a really great time uh, for for everything we have going on. And uh, Frank, was there anything else on the announcements? Because I totally botched the whole thing up here this morning. What was it? Well, you tell me. Just shout, shout it out. If it, 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 apparently I'm doing okay, so he hasn't come up and snatched the mic away from me yet. So, but uh, but no, it's uh, it's so wonderful to see you. Uh, has everybody started like Christmas festivities and Christmas wrapping and all that other good stuff? Uh, I'm I'm so excited that I was able to pawn off all of my rapping uh, on my daughter. And of course, uh, she's, she's, uh, excited to take that from me and to rap. And she was coming to me, uh, constantly saying, well, how, how do I wrap this gift? And I say, sweetheart, it doesn't matter. We're throwing it away anyway. So just wrap it any way you want. It makes no difference to me at all. So, but, uh, well, the, the, yeah, the, the wrapping paper, not the gifts, thankfully. No, yeah, the wrapping paper is what we're throwing away. So, but uh, but yeah, so it's been an exciting time. Uh, if this is your very first time here at Discover Church, I just wanted to say welcome. It is so great to see you this morning. Uh, my name is Curtis Jones. I'm with my wife, Amy, and our incredible group of GO team members helped to lead Discover Church. And uh, as you came in today, you received a worship guide. If you've never taken the opportunity to fill that out, we'd love for you uh, to fill out on the inside there the connection card. And on the connection card if you can turn that in at the end of service you can look for myself or Frank that was up here singing and we have a gift that we want to give to you for being with us today just to say thank you so much uh the DC kids like I said are in the back they're having a blast today for their Christmas party and uh, they're going to come out later to help us close out the service with the song it's going to be a really great opportunity, and uh, and and as uh, I heard a story this week that I thought was really uh, funny, and uh, that was for a, a little boy who wanted to be Joseph in the Christmas play, and uh, as he wanted to be Joseph, he he'd always for some reason gotten the role of the innkeeper, and he didn't want to be that. This was going to be like his last year before he kind of was you know aging out to the next level, and so he really wanted uh, to be Joseph this year, but. He didn't get it. He instead got the innkeeper role yet again. So the night comes of the Christmas play, and as Mary and Joseph, they come up to the innkeeper, and they, they ask, you know, do you have any room? And uh, the, the young man, because he was still a little bit upset and jaded that he didn't get the Joseph role, he looks at Joseph, he says, she can stay, but you've got to go. you got to get out of here. Uh, I don't have any room for you today. So isn't it exciting to know that uh, this morning, as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, that guess what? We all have the opportunity. There's still room uh, for each and every one of us. And uh, the past couple weeks, we've been looking at uh, our Christmas series here, which is a little bit different of a Christmas series. We've been talking about letters. And uh, as we've been talking about letters, what we're looking at is we're looking at the Apostle Paul's, some of his letters that he wrote to the early churches. Most of these churches are churches that he started, that he helped to plant. And so we're taking a look at them and trying to figure out, like, what can we pull out that's Christmas-related, and what can we pull out of them to kind of impact our life and where we are uh, today, and how we can have what we're calling the most Delaware Christmas ever. And that's whether you've been here for a long, long time, uh, or maybe this is your very first Christmas here. Uh, we're trying to figure out how is it that we can have the most impactful Delaware Christmas. And today uh, we're going to be taking a look if you have your Bibles with you or if you have your version app on your phone. Uh, we want to ask that you pull those out and you can take a look at Second Thessalonians. And uh, Paul, uh, Paul really visited Thessalonica is the actual name of the town, but Thessalonians is the name of the book. And uh, we have him, uh, Silas, and Timothy starting this on the second missionary journey that Paul goes out. And it was really a a great opportunity for Paul. And so Paul really took the opportunity here to write, uh, to encourage the church of Thessalonica because he had some things that he really wanted to kind of imprint into them and for that to become part of their DNA and we're going to be taking a look at that too today, trying to see, you know, as we get ready to finish 2019, get ready to launch into 2020. You know what can we do to start? Are you ready to start a new decade? Is that not like mind blowing that it's a new decade? Uh, I I was we were talking. Uh, me and Amy were and uh, we we're talking about you know the, you know turning 2020 and all that good stuff. And I said I remember back when we were turning 2000 and we all thought the world was going to end and computers were going to crash and and here we still are. Praise God they they still work for us most of the time. Uh, but uh, but it's a, it's an amazing thing, isn't it? So as you were probably thinking, you, I mean, obviously, you probably know every kind of detail of the Christmas story, but one of the things that I was thinking about in preparation for this series and for this message here was what is it uh, about Mary and Joseph, what was it that you think made God want to pick them? What what was it that you think made God want to pick Mary and Joseph and to to make it so that they that they were worthy enough to raise baby Jesus, that's like a monumental task, right? It's a monumental task if you've had kids just to keep them alive in general, right? Like, like uh, I'm excited to, to say that I've I've kept mine going for quite a while now. Here they they're, they're reaching into teenage years and such. I got one in high school and one in Millsboro, so I kind of feel like I'm out of the clear on some of that stuff. But but what is it you think? That, that made God really say, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick Mary, you know. I'm going to pick this, this young girl who, who lives in Nazareth. I, I'm going to pick this girl because, you know, she's not like all the other girls. She doesn't play truth or dare, or spin the bottle. Uh, you know, she doesn't do any of the stuff that, that some of these other girls do. Uh, you, you know, what is it about her that makes her worthy was it the fact that just she was a virgin? Was it the fact that she saved herself? You know, what was it about the fact that God picked Joseph to be Jesus's earthly father to that he was going to be able to help raise and have an impact on who Jesus was going to be? And and you know, obviously we know Joseph doesn't get nearly as much airtime as Mary does, you know. He doesn't we don't see you don't see very many statues of Joseph, but we got a million of statues of Mary. But uh, but we know, you know, that through this whole thing, God decided to call them out and to, to call them worthy, right? Why is it that that God picks little old Bethlehem, this little teeny? Uh, listen, if you want to imagine what Bethlehem is like, okay? I picture Bethlehem being like Gumbra, <laughs> all right? I picture Bethlehem being like Gumbra, okay? It it doesn't really have there's no lights in it. You just kind of slow down and you keep on going. You know what I mean? It's just like one of those things that 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 it's just what was it about this place? And you see in Matthew chapter two, verse six, it says, This and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means are going to be the least among the rulers of Judah. You know why it has to say that? Because Bethlehem was considered the least. It was considered this kind of insignificant place. But he says that from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd the people of Israel. And it got me thinking, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean for us to be counted as worthy? And so, I kind of want to, if you're taking any notes today as you go through, I have a handful of points here that I put together. And the first one was this one, was that this Christmas, I am going to be counted as worthy. And maybe today you're sitting here today and you say, I don't know that I feel to be counted as worthy. I don't know that I'm I'm there, but we're going to take a look at Paul's writing here in 2 Thessalonians and figure out what it is for each and every one of us us to be counted as worthy. And here's where we're going to start. We're going to start in chapter 1 of 2 Thessalonians in verse 5. Okay, So if you're following along, it's going to be on the screens. And if you're reading along with us, it says this. It says, all this evidence that God's judgment is right. I think that's what we have to first stop right there. We have to say, okay, God's Judgment is right. Hopefully, we can agree on that. And then it says this He says, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. That's a loaded statement there, to be counted worthy of the kingdom of God. It says, for which you were suffering. It says, God is just. And here's the part where you can get excited a little bit, right? Because it says, he will pay back the trouble of those who troubled you. And everybody's like, yeah, get some. Go ahead, trouble me now. Go ahead, throw down. And guess what? God says, you're going to get yours. Uh, So everybody gets all excited about that. But then it continues on, and it says that, um, and give relief to you who are troubled. And to us as well, it says, This will happen when the Lord Jesus revealed from heaven in a blazing fire with his powerful angels. One of the things I want to remind us as, in order for us to be remembered that we're going to be counted worthy, is that we cannot take Christmas and celebrate Christmas only as the birth of Jesus. See, it's so easy for us to want to celebrate the birth because babies are great, right? Especially if they're not yours because you get to have them for a little bit and then you get to give them back. And it's great, right? Babies can be a great opportunity and a great thing. But here's the thing that we have to understand is that for us, in order for us to be really counted as worthy, we need to celebrate the birth of a Savior but also the coming of a King, because it says in Scripture that, guess what? He's going to come back, and he's not coming back as this, this baby in a manger coddled up, and, and it's, he's going to be all so cute, cute, cute. You know, no, no, no. He is coming back for each and every one of us, for us to be counted as worthy. And in Second Thessalonians, again in verse 11, it says this. It says, with this in mind, we must constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling. And it says, and that by this, his power, he may bring into fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. One of the things I love about this is that we're trying to understand here that we're counted as worthy, but what do we have to do that we can be made worthy of his calling on our lives? And one of the things that has to happen in order for us to do that is we have to kind of understand a little bit of our place and where we are. But then we also have to want his will to happen in our lives. We have to want, because it says at the end of the scripture, that by his power he may bring his fruition, that your every desire for his goodness... For every deed to be prompted by faith. Why? Because you are wanting God's will to happen in this place. You are wanting God's will to show up and show off. And and so for us, you know, I I need you to understand that you, as you sit here today, you know, you are not worthy of of some things. But you, as you sit here today, you are worthy of everything. You are worthy of everything everything that is an incredible thing isn't it because we know like one of the what's one of the most famous scriptures of all time right John three sixteen, and what does it say that God did that he gave his only son he gave his only son he took the opportunity to give listen I, I don't know about you my kids certainly get on my nerves sometimes and um, if you have kids your kids get on your nerves sometimes too but let me tell you that if you want to come and start messing with my kids, we're gonna have a problem, all right, right? Like like we could have just had like me me and one of my kids could have just like had a knockout drag out like holler and whatever match, right? But listen, somebody else wants to come and start messing with my kids like that. Guess what's gonna happen? You're probably gonna get hit in the head. Like uh, like we're gonna fight. Like something's gonna happen, right? But so think of that, right? If that's the kind of love and affection that we have for our own children, can you even contemplate or imagine what God decided to do when he allowed his son, he gave his son up just so that you could be counted as worthy for his cause? That's amazing to think, isn't it? It's amazing to think that you could be counted worthy of that. The next thing I want us to understand when we're thinking and and contemplating kind of like our worthiness, right, is this, is you can't let your past keep you from realizing your value in God. There's so many of us that struggle with past, and listen, we can't kind of wipe away the past, right? Cuz you still have memories of it. You still maybe you're dealing with the consequences of some of the things that you've done in your past. We can't do anything about that. But don't allow your past to dictate your worth to God because guess what? Through every mistake that I've ever made, I was still considered worthy in God's eyes. He still did the things that he did for me because even though even though all listen, I, I it's nice to, I got my nice jacket on this morning, I'm standing up here, and it's nice, easy to think that stuff has always been great and peachy keen. I've never had any worries, and I've never had any bad thoughts, and I've never wanted to, 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 to do anything bad, or say anything bad, or be anything bad. But I got news for you, that is not my story. And, and, and if we can understand that my past, those things that have been in my past, that that does not disqualify me from being worthy of God's calling, if we can grab hold of that, that is going to be huge, earth-shattering and life-changing for you. Because guess what? You're going to allow yourselves to be free of that past so that you can move on to what God has called you to do. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says this. It says, brothers and sisters, it says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind me, and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me uh, heavenward in Christ Jesus. We get to understand that. I don't know if you've ever contemplated this, but think about Mary and Joseph again when we started. I want you to know that Mary and Joseph had a past. Like, they didn't just, it's like, bloop, and they were there, and everything was perfect, and it was great, and the whole nine yards. No, no, no. When you think about it, Mary and Joseph had a past. And, and listen, on Joseph's, on Joseph's own notion here, how easy would it have been for Mary who shows up all of a sudden pregnant, virgin pregnant, two words that don't go together at all, okay? And for Joseph to be like, listen, I can't do this peace out. Uh, I'm, I'm out of here. I cannot take this. This is way too much. How, how easy would that have been? How many of us, maybe if we were in that situation, would have done that exact same thing? But guess what? They had a past, but they recognized that they were worthy of the calling, this insane calling that God had put on their lives to raise the Son of God, and that they were willing to step up in obedience, and they were able to keep him alive and keep him going. So here's another way. So one, one way we're going to be counted as worthy this Christmas is to do this. This Christmas, will you stand in the gap? Will you stand in the gap this Christmas? And you say, well, what does that mean to stand in the gap? I want to read to you here out of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. It says, as for the other matter, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, he says, just as it was with you, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people. For not everyone has faith in that the truth. But in verse 3, he says, But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil ones. In verse 5, he says this. He says, May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance one of the things that i think that we have to do as we stand in the gap as we want to be counted worthy is is we have to take the opportunity to pray and listen to god and listen to his instructions and and i don't i don't know about you and and maybe you're going to not think of me as a, as a nice as a great person as when i say this but i don't know if you experience this like me i never feel like i know i should pray right we all know we should pray like if you're a christian you know you should pray but do you ever feel like you pray enough? No, or at least not me. Like if it's me, if it's one of those things, if I'm being brutally honest, I never feel like no matter how much I pray that I ever pray enough, and I always feel guilty because I always, I, I always uh, feel like I'm missing something, or I get something mixed up, or I like, or, or, or I don't know if you've ever done this thing where you start praying and then you fall, you fall asleep because you're praying and you, you just you're tired and you're sleepy and everything else, but like. How easy is it for us to do that? But, but listen, one of the things we have to do is we have to be willing to stand in the gap and cry out for other people. That's why one of the things I'm always excited about since we launched Discover Church is that in January, we do 21 days of prayer, prayer and fasting. And we don't do prayer and fasting because we're trying to get anybody to lose weight. We don't do it, any of that kind of stuff. Listen, it, it's simply for us to take the opportunity to say, hey, guess what? we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna kind of hit the pause button here, we're going to reset, we're going to make sure as we take on a new year that we're not going to be running around to all the craziness and and get caught up in the confusion of everything that's happening in our lives, but we're going to say, you know what, we're dedicating 21 days, we're dedicating almost the entire month of January to the opportunity for God, for us to pray to God and for us to hear from Him, you know, because the simple fact of the matter is, is that guess what, if This scripture, almost every time we read here from Paul, what is two words he's describing to people? He's saying brothers and sisters constantly, right? Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters. What he wants us to understand is that we're part of a family, and that if we're part of a family, we have to understand that we have to stand in the gap for one another because guess what? People in the family are hurting. People in the family have needs, and we can't be so blind and taken back by the things that that we're, we're kind of dealing with on a day-to-day basis that we're not willing to say, guess what? The stuff, you know, my TV show, whatever it is you like to do, or Disney Plus. God bless Disney Plus. Disney Plus can wait. Can wait for for a little teeny bit, right? right. Uh, uh, like like it can wait. Just the, I know I stepped on a, a couple toes right there, and I'm sorry, but it's okay. Listen, we take the opportunity to say, guess what? I could hold off on all of those things because I know that there is somebody in my life that I need to stand in the gap for. There's somebody that I need to do this for. In the Christmas story, I often think of the wise men. I don't know if, like, if I probably had to pick, the wise men are probably, like, they're like my favorite people in the Christmas story, okay? Because, like, these guys... Out of everybody out of the entire cast, right uh, of the Christmas story, these guys like are the ones that are totally out of left field for me. They don't even live in like the area where Jesus is at. like they're coming from before. The only reason they happen to recognize this is because they're watching the stars and they happen to know the Hebrew scriptures. That's the only way they have any clue that Jesus is born. That's pretty amazing. Not only that, but then they had enough faith to load all their stuff up and ride for who knows how long to come and visit him, to find him, to see the king of the Jews that was born. And and, and I, I love it. And one of the things that I love is we don't often think about this, but God really used the wise men to stand in the gap for Mary and Joseph at this time, for this moment. And you say, what? I don't. what do you mean? Because, see, it's easy for us to read the beginning part of the story where everybody comes... And we see baby Jesus is born, right? But you sometimes we forget to keep reading where we find that King Herod ordered every every boy that was born in this town under a certain age to be killed. So Mary and Joseph had to flee, and they had to go to Egypt, right? All of those things happen, and guess what? The wise men had a huge chance to play in that because what do they do? They bring gifts, expensive gifts. How many of you have ever moved? It's expensive to move. How many of you ever had to go to a new place to set up? It's expensive to go set up in a new place in a new town. So guess what? God managed to provide through the wise men the opportunity for them to stand in the gap. Not only that, but God spoke to the wise men. It says in Matthew 2.12 that they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod and they departed for their country in a different way. God spoke to them. Because guess what? If they would have gone back, if they would have been captured, then Herod would have knew. He would have knew everything, and he would have sent his soldiers and everything after that. And So one of the things I love about this is that it allows us the opportunity to kind of make this statement as I get ready to wrap up here, and that's this, is that this Christmas, I'm going to take the opportunity to get down to business. We have to get down to business. And listen, that doesn't mean that we have to go out from this place and you're, you have to start working, and you're never allowed to stop working. But here's what Paul says in Second Th- Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. He says, for you yourselves know. You know you ought to follow our example. He says, we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. He says, on the contrary, what did we do? We worked night and day laboring and toiling, that we we wouldn't be a burden to any of you. Now, people like to use this scripture to talk about how anybody that's going to, you know, uh, eat or anybody that's going to participate, they should have to work, right? But one of the things that I love here to kind of go a little bit at a different angle of this is Paul says, listen, when I was there and we were in God's ministry, when we were doing the things that God had spoke to our lives, when we knew that we were on the path that he laid out for us. We didn't sit back. We didn't take it easy. We didn't, listen, I don't know if you understand this, but it, it would have been so easy for Paul and Silas and Timothy as they went around these places. Listen, these were like kind of big shots in the day, right? This is Paul, this is the apostle Paul we're talking about. He was kind of, so Paul could have come on and had people serving him the whole time and could have had the opportunity to be treated kind of like something other than what he was. But no, 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 no. Paul says, listen, that is not what God has called me to do. God has called me to get down to business. He's called me to work so so that even in the later years of my life, guess what? I still have work to do for the kingdom of God. He says this in verse 11. He says, we hear that some of you, some among you are idle and disruptive. How many of you know that when you're idle, you tend to be disruptive? They're not busy; they are busy bodies. I was going to say some of you—you you like you, you automatically had somebody pop into your mind when I said busy bodies. Like you just like, uh-huh. I know somebody's a busy body. In verse 12, he says, "Such people, we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and to earn." the food that they eat. He says, as for you brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. What I love about this is is that Paul says, listen, I want to urge you, I want to urge you, I want to urge you to settle down and earn the food that you eat. Today, I want to take, and I want to bring this to a little bit of a different way for you. If we are called the sons and daughters of God, if we have an inheritance, and you say, well, what's my inheritance? Well, your inheritance, if you're a son and a daughter of God, is that, guess what? When you're alive in this body, right, we get to live, eat, work, do what we're going to do, but at some point in time, we know that this body has an expiration date. It has a a punch clock. It's going to end. But the great thing is, is that when we have an inheritance in Christ, we know what happens after that. We know what the promise is. We get to understand what heaven is. We get to experience that. and We get to go and to worship and to be in a place that when you read scripture, it's kind of really beyond description, really. They try to describe it, but they, you know, it, it's just so amazing that they they have hard, tough words for it. So what Paul wants us to understand here is that, listen, if you want to call, be called sons and daughters of God, if you want to experience the inheritance of God, then guess what you should do? You should get down to business because you got people around you that are hurting. You got people around you that don't know Jesus Christ yet. They haven't experienced what it is to find the Savior in Jesus Christ, they just still see him as that little baby wrapped up in a blanket. I love the fact that Jesus thought that our most, he knew this, that our most valuable commodity, like you might say, I might ask you, what's your most valuable commodity? And you might list off all the things that maybe you own or or maybe your money or, or whatever, but Your most valuable commodity is your time. Jesus knew that. He says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 37, this is what Jesus says. He says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers, guess what? There's not that many of them. He says, ask the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. One of the things, this is one of the things I feel like I struggle with, kind of on a daily, weekly basis. Uh, I, I. This probably would describe many of you, but would you describe yourself just, like, if anybody ever asks you how you are, you're just like, busy. You ever have that? Like, but like everybody, how you doing? Oh, busy. Like, busy. We just, like... Always, always, always go here, there, everywhere, we're busy, we're always behind. busyness can be a good thing, but busyness also can be a bad thing. It can make you a busy body, a busy body where you're really not doing anything at all. you're just running here, there and everywhere and And one of the things that I am constantly kind of happen to try to monitor in my own life, and sometimes I'll admit I do good at this and sometimes I do really bad at this. I have to constantly monitor in my life the expenditures of time because I have to realize time is my most precious commodity. I don't get any of it back. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can always make more money, you can always buy more stuff, but once time is gone, it's gone. It's done. So, for one of the things that I have to constantly do is I have to constantly try to measure in my own self in my day and my week and my month and my year, what in the world am I spending my time on? I love this Stephen Cuffey who wrote a book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. He said this: He said, to maintain the balance between the golden egg, which is production. And the health and welfare of the goose, which is capacity, production capacity. He says it's often a difficult judgment call. But he says, I suggest it is the very essence of effectiveness, which leads me to the question Am I being effective? Am I being effective with my family? Am I being effective in my work? Am I being effective with individually one of my children? Because it's easy to say family as a whole but not think of individual parts of your family. It's so easy for us to kind of like forget this and skip it because guess what? We're all busy. We're all busy. We all have stuff going on. But here's the question I have for you today as we're closing out What will you do to be called worthy? What will you do as we get ready to celebrate another Christmas, as another day and week and month go by, as another year comes to an end? What will you do to be called worthy? Will you stand in the gap for the people you love, maybe even for the people you don't? Will you get down to business and really do what God has called you to do? That's not to collect stuff, and that's not to just be busy and run around and try to keep up, but he's called you today. You might be sitting here today and you say, listen, this is all good and well, but I don't really know that I, buy the whole, God called me. The simple fact of the matter is, though, I can point to you today and say that even if you don't feel that God has called you. He, I, I truly, I 100% believe that God has placed something in your life. And the reason I say that is because guess what? You could have been born in any other time, in any other place. You could have been born in another city or state. You could have been born in another country, but guess what? He placed you here for this time. In fact, in Scripture, it talks about when God made you, He didn't make you and then give you something to do. He had something in mind that needed to be done and said, ah, I know just who's gonna do it. I know just who's gonna make sure they take care of this task. He had a purpose for you. You're not an accident. You're not just running around, bumping into things from day to day, but you were made by a creator for a purpose. So today, the first thing we have to do is we have to recognize that. And if you haven't, today is a great day. You know why? Because we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of a Savior. What other better time to recognize Him as a Savior of your life than now? But for you, maybe you say, well, okay, I got that, but I struggle with these other things. I struggle with worthiness in my life of being, feel like I'm called worthy. And I, I struggle feeling like I'm just kind of running around and taking kids to this thing and that thing and and then working extra time and overtime and, we, and then the car breaks down and well we, now we've got to do something to fix the car. And then, you know, then the next thing we know we have a health issue and then we're trying to run around and we're trying to figure out how to deal with that. All we do is run, 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 run. It's so easy to get distracted by all the things around us. But the fact of the matter is, is God has called us to get down to business. Would you stand with me this morning? We're going to take the opportunity this morning to pray, and uh, as we do that, listen, we're going to have a great time here in just a second with the kids. They're going to kind of close us out on a really great note, but before we do that, I really think that we have people here that we need to stand in the gap for. I can't talk about standing in the gap if we're not going to actually do it. There are people here that, that need that, and, and I want to let you know that uh, around the Jones household, it's been a rough cut, it's been a little bit of a rough week. I, I, I've i been on the roller coaster highs and lows of feeling great, then feeling crappy, then great again, then uh, oh my God, what happened? But at the same time, I've gotten to speak with some families that have some really serious things going on. And then we want to take the opportunity here as the family of God to stand together today and to to lift these people up. So, Daniel, would you come down here?